This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It is our weekly meeting. Hello there, sir. Oh, wait, are you there? I'm here. <laughs> oh, there you are. Hi. Someone tried to take you from me. You know, you always have to push that button. I'm terrible on the phones. It's it's not it's a skill set I admit that I do not have. I'm terrible at the phones. I used to do that well. Oh, that did was you? The only thing I did really well. But. Yeah, it's something <laughs> I do very badly. Other things I do well, not that. Um, couple of headlines. Uh, yeah. let, let's get rid of this headline because I, I I don't want to give him any more airtime than he really deserves. But uh, Dellen Millard, who clearly has more than enough time on his hands uh, to do sure really does. what he wants, is uh, going to spend it trying to appeal his. Um, latest sentence and uh it's not going to go anywhere yeah so (laughs) i'm just saying (laughs) he's uh sentenced to his third yes third consecutive life sentence Mm -hmm. 75 years in prison so now he's um he filed a notice of appeal and he's disputing justice forrestal's conclusions which he has as you said Mm -hmm. he's got lots of time you know what i was trying to remember is is what about the other two convictions? Is he appealing those as well? Well, he is, and that, that that's taken a really long time. Would they have purposely waited for this last trial? Not necessarily. So what's taken so long? Well, I mean, Tim Bosma know, was a while um, ago. Normally, court, uh, murder appeals are yeah. do take a lot under normal conditions, so maybe they're going to you know hear them. Uh, we'll start hearing, but one after another. Um, who knows? Um, you know, uh, but like you said, uh, when you look at what his grounds of appeal are, and, and we haven't seen it all, but he, he basically says that the verdict was unreasonable. Unre- yeah. <laughs> and the sentence was unconstitutional. No, okay. yes. Okay. All right. All right. Well, good luck with that. It'll be, and you know, he has, he will be able to appear at the court of appeal. Well, that's assuming he gets that appeal. And, and, and the interesting thing, and I, I you know, I, well, All he gets, three. He gets to appeal. Everybody yeah, he can appeal, appeal, but whether or not it actually, uh, you know, look, the bottom line is, um, you know, he, I think the judges in all three of these cases would have been particularly careful about dotting the I's and crossing the T's, you know, due in part because it was such a high profile, um, you know, series of cases. They're not going to screw these ones up. <laughs> Well, that's what you'd you think. would think. Well, I, they were all really good. Ju- all three, I no, think, no, they were no, good judges. They, they, even yeah. the best judges can make legal errors. And not saying they are there, but he has that right of appeal. So um, we'll we'll see what happens. Bless his little heart. Um, a group of Ontario doctors, and we, you know, this is, came out yesterday. They're challenging a lower court ruling that found that doctors must. Uh, give referrals for medical services that clash with moral or religious beliefs and assistant death goes against their beliefs. This is a certain core group of doctors. And I want to ask you, because this this issue is, you know, we talk about assisted death and watch it kind of go through the evolution of where it's going to end up, uh, you know, kind of going. But a lot of the doctors, they would have sworn an oath many, many, many years before this conversation was even being had. And I'm curious to know, where would their charter rights be right but let's remember what this actual um uh policy is and it comes from the college of physicians and surgeons it doesn't say 
that they have to treat somebody. It doesn't say that they have to be the doctors who have to provide assisted assisted dying. They don't have to be the doctors. No, but they have to give a referral. Right. And and it's really an administrative function because at the end of the day, they don't even really have to give the referral uh, themselves. Somebody in their office can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be done by other staff members. But the interesting part of it is, is that this has sort of weaved its way through the courts, right? And and the divisional court before, and that's a sort of judges right before the court of appeal said that 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 while it may infringe their freedom of religion rights, these doctors, it's a justified freedom. You know how it works in Canada. Mm-hmm. We have charter issues. The first part is, was there a charter breach? And the second part, if so, is it a justifiable breach? And that's, and that's what they looked at here. They said that when they looked at it all, uh, the court said it wasn't unreasonable and uh, because it, it basically uh, it, weighing all the factors. Now, the, the doctors argued that the ruling was unreasonable because it gave more weight to an assumed problem. Uh, with access to health care than, than the real infringements of doctors' rights. In other words, they're arguing, you know, basically, where's the evidence to say that these people can't get these referrals? Mm-hmm. And why do we have to get involved in this when, they, when there's, there's no evidence to suggest that if we don't give the referrals, they're not going to get the health care that they want? And so, so it's, it, it's, it's going to be, and, and I think the, the hearing started um, yesterday, and it'll be very interesting to see what the Court of Appeal does with it. Yeah. But at the end of it, to, to go back to your point, Alex, it's not, again, when you look at minimal impairment, how much does it impair? Do they really have to get on the phone and, and find a doctor? No. Well, they could if they were in a rural center. You just don't know. But here's my next question then. Yeah. I mean, as this law, and I think the law, because there was always the slippery slope um, part of it, like what happens you know, once it's in place and then someone will bring a challenge. There are a lot of people coming forward saying, we need this law to be expanded so that it includes you know, the mentally ill. You've got people that want um, to have other conditions included. So this is a law I can see evolving. And if um, yep. if people don't fight it along the way, and this may be you know, preemptory of the doctors fighting it before the fact, because as it evolves, it's, this is going to pose all sorts of challenges. And that's right. And that's why what the college is doing, or uh, I'm assuming... What you would hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, what, what the college is doing and, and what they're trying to... Or I, maybe I should rephrase it. I'm assuming what the college is trying to do when we talk about balancing is saying, look... We, we want to balance the moral beliefs of these individual physicians. Okay, mm-hmm. we, we appreciate that, but we also have to ensure access to care, uh, particularly for vulnerable patients. So what's, what's the best way to do it? And when it comes to a balance, it, nobody's going to be 100% happy with that. that. That's sort of the definition of a balance. It's, well, I tell clients all the time in, in settlement, settlement means you're not going to get everything you want. That's why you're settling. And, and it's the same thing with here. So Basically, the, the law society is saying this is the best way to do it. And again, Alex, getting to the point that at the end of the day, if, if, if the staff has a list of doctors, because when you look at it yeah. from an actual, actual practical point of view, what would it mean? It would mean that someone would come to that doctor and say, I, I'd like to, I'd like to uh, have you as my doctor for assisted dying. That doctor says, no, nope, sorry, I can't do that. But my, my assistant has at the front desk a list of about five different doctors that will. I mean, that's how it would work, wouldn't it? Well, you would think, but hey, if you're really uh, 
quite hardcore about this. You could say, I, I want nothing to do yeah, with it. You know? I, and I got it. Yeah. But, but I, and I, I think at the end of the day I, uh, that the, the Court of Appeal will probably say the divisional court was right. It, right. it may be the right balance. Or it goes to the Supreme Court. <laughs> yes. No, no, don't be. Yeah, this yeah. is the type of case yeah. that most Big certainly time. Big time. can make its way to the Supreme Court. This case, um, I think, is uh, fascinating. This is a case going on in Kingston. It involves a 23-year-old guy charged in connection with the uh, a historical sex assault of a child that he once babysat. And cops say that the accused was 12 when he um, allegedly began sexually assaulting this child under the age of 10. Right. But they charged him as an adult, but initially thought to charge him as a youth. And obviously they charged him many, many years later. Yeah, I don't know. You see, uh, but that I was the only context of the story. I couldn't get. I'm like, okay, you can't charge him if if they're saying that he he um, uh, perpetrated these acts when he was a youth. Yeah, he has to be charged as a youth. And remember, the way it works in 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 our system under yeah. the Youth Criminal Justice Act is that you get charged as a youth, mm-hmm. but under certain conditions, you can be sentenced right. as an right. adult if you're found guilty. And maybe that's what they were meaning there. Because if they come back and they charge him as an adult right. for crimes that he did as a youth, that would not make sense. Well, that's, that's so either is their article written wrong or I they missed be, a line? Because I'm like, how does, I've never I, heard I of this. Maybe what, what the person uh, or... Who, whoever was being quoted in this article, I think, what, was it the police officer? Um, or Yeah, someone got it wrong, because the cops say they charged him as an adult, but it, yeah. Maybe what they yeah. were trying to say is they're charging him as a youth, but they're going to be seeking an adult sentence. Maybe, yeah. Um, but, and then again, maybe they did just charge him right now, <laughs> and basically said, you know, we're charging you for historical crime, but at the end of the day, once it gets to court, the alleged offenses are when right. he was 12. And by the way, between 12 and 14, you can't be sentenced as an adult. Right, right, right. So I think that, you know, this is, let's throw this in the Alex Lorne. We need some more information <laughs> yeah, Because I'm like, because if this is, this case is getting tossed out, if this, if this is a case, because yeah, I. No, no, yeah. there's something, maybe I'm just, I, I, I and I'm, I plead guilty to this. Uh, I'm missing something here. Okay, well, I'm glad I'm not the only one because I thought, well, I'm I'm dumb, so Lauren will figure it out. But you're dumb too, so it's great. I am. I am. <laughs> hey, by the way, I, I don't know. I'm just going to throw this at you because I can, um, and because you've got a media background. You know, this big story out of the United States with the uh, boys versus the native elder versus the crazy radical oh, wow. kind of. That was <laughs> okay. Wild. So I'm seeing a lot of headlines today about libel cases on yes. mass against the media. Um, I is it safe to say that if if in fact these kids as a group were to to sue and, and there are a lot of lawyers coming forward saying I will represent you happily, um, and they may just they may just do it, Lauren, to show the media or to send a message that you can't get stuff like this wrong, right? And and, think and being about more how, litigious than than we are for sure, right? But I don't you know and and every you know bringing defamation lawsuits and libel lawsuits in the U.S. are it's much different than bringing them here. Um, you know, media outlets get sued all the time in the U.S., or, or certainly a lot more than they do now in Canada. It's much harder. But I, I, I'm not a big fan of that. I, I heard that and saw that, and you say, sure, you wanted, you got to get, you got to get the stories right. 
Um, and I don't disagree. And listen, that, that's my practice. I deal in libel law every sure. day. Okay, so let me stop there. What about the, the freaks like Kathy Griffin or, or like she was saying some pretty crazy things. I mean, I, the lawyers are saying we are going after anybody on yeah. social media who libeled or convicted these these and boys. That's, and that's some way yeah. to do it. And, mm-hmm. and, and it is a uh, uh, I'll tell you right now. Uh, internet defamation. Yeah. It is changing the law and defamation. It's changing the world. We see it. I'm dealing with it all the time. And yeah, people are very aggressive now. And they will go after people because it used to be, okay, I'm just going to go on social media. I'm just going to say this and that. Yeah. And people are coming after them right now. Are they? And, uh, so you can act, because I'm always curious, like, why can't I say certain things? Because I've got a broadcast job, but then some Looney Tune can say whatever they want to me uh, and defame me with no, I, no I penalty. Feel- with yeah. social media, um, internet defamation, it's happening okay. all the time, Alex. And I got to tell you yeah. something. Some people think that little innocuous postings on social media, they can destroy a person. Sure. You put a, you put a posting on social media about a company, mm-hmm. you can destroy that company's financial being in 48 hours. It's huge. So, yeah, yeah. You know, and now lawyers are being and clients are being really aggressive. Say, you do that, we are going to sue you. Yeah. And 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 believe me, it's not a some a type of lawsuit that you want to get involved in. No, yeah, but it's fascinating. We'll see where this one goes because yeah. it ain't going away soon, uh, anytime soon. All right, Lauren, thank you for your brain. Appreciate it. Well, I, and we, I'm gonna, we're gonna figure out that Kingston story. So we'll. Talk I'm gonna about, watch we'll, it because we'll <laughs> next week. Because if you can charge someone this many years later, yeah, I, yeah. I think that'd be an interesting. Don't you can charge people. <laughs> yeah, but, so yeah, you no, I get that. that you can charge. Them, but, but the issue is, yeah. how is this man being charged for allegedly doing something as a 12-year-old? I'm going to get back to you on that. Good stuff. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Okay. That is Lauren Honickman joining us tonight.